You're listening to the Victory Church Podcast. Here at Victory, we are called to equip a caring, committed community of worshipers to reach their world for Jesus. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Unfortunately, right now, our country finds itself in a time of great strife. And I can tell you this, strife is increased when we don't have a proper understanding of the world around us. But if we want a proper understanding of the world, and I think that will help us tremendously in being able to get along with each other, we have to have, first of all, a foundation of understanding God, who God is, who God wants to be to us and for us, and we need a proper perspective of ourselves. Paul prays for the church to have a good perspective of God and of ourselves. In Ephesians chapter 1, one of my favorite passages, Ephesians 1, verses 17 through 19, where Paul says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. How are we supposed to perceive those great things? Paul appeals to our spiritual perception. We need to be able to perceive things spiritually. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, it's important that our spirits be made alive by the Holy Spirit and that we be in communion with God, in communication with God, and we perceive according to the truth that is in Him. So spiritual things must be spiritually discerned or perceived. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, where he says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. In other words, without the Holy Spirit, the truth, the reality of God and of this world and that God wants us to understand about ourselves will seem like foolishness. God wants us to understand His truth, His reality by the Spirit. We need a spirit of wisdom and revelation according to what Paul prays for the Ephesian church and for us. And Having a spirit of wisdom and revelation doesn't mean that we have to just be weird. Although, let me just say, a little bit of weirdness can make Christianity a little bit fun. It doesn't have to be super spooky all the time, but, you know, a little bit of of excitement, spiritually speaking, is not all bad. Now, personally, I have never heard the audible voice of God. I wish I had, but I never have. But I know people who have heard the voice of God. Uh, I I pastored a church in Oklahoma before moving to Pennsylvania. And one of those churches that I pastored was Duke United Methodist Church. And one of the former pastors, he was already very 
very elderly. By the time I was there in the early 1990s, still lived in the town where Lisa and I lived. And I remember meeting him out and about one day, and he was talking about his days pastoring Duke United Methodist Church decades before I did. And he said that one evening he was in prayer. He was kneeling beside his bed praying when he looked over and there was Jesus. Jesus was in the room with him. And I said, what did Jesus say to you? And he said, Jesus told him that he was doing a good job and that he had a message for the pastor to preach. And he said, I preached that message that Sunday. And our church hadn't had anything like this happen in many years. But when I finished preaching, the presence of God filled that place and everybody came down to the altar and just spent time in prayer in the presence of God. That, to me, that's kind of exciting. I'm glad that we serve a God who can intervene that way, even in little Duke United Methodist Church. God is a God who still reveals himself, who still speaks, who still wants to give us the understanding of the world in which we live like only God can do. I love that Christians can hear from God. That's great. But here's the thing. We don't all have to experience God like that to be spiritual. We don't all have to experience God in the same way. It's not always going to be as dramatic, as spectacular as my pastor friend experience, but we can all hear from the Lord. We can all benefit from the spirit of wisdom and revelation. God wants us to hear from Him. In other words, this is in some ways a message about hearing from God. And God wants us to hear from Him through the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit can mediate God's wisdom, a revelation of God through wise counsel, through circumstances properly seen and observed, and, of course, the most important way that God still speaks to us today is through Scripture, through the Bible, which is God-breathed. It was breathed by the Holy Spirit. So while hearing from God isn't always conspicuously supernatural, we all are required as followers of Jesus Christ to have spirits that are alive and in tune with God, responsive to God, alive to the Holy Spirit, and willing to have our perceptions shaped by God himself. Now, does that mean that we have to close off our minds? No, we don't. I have a doctoral degree from one of the nation's top seminaries. Our church is filled with people who have high-level degrees, advanced degrees, who use their minds in their work every day. And we can even bring our minds into our understanding of Scripture, into our understanding of God. We are whole people who are called to love God with all of our heart and soul, and our minds along with our strength. So we use our minds in our relationships with God. We don't shut off our minds when we walk into the doors of Victory Church, which I hope we'll all be doing very, very soon. But when we come together as believers, we do not shut off our minds. God uses our minds. God wants to speak to us through our minds. But our minds are not the only gateway to our hearts and to our spirits and to our knowledge of spiritual things. So we want the spirit of wisdom revelation so that we can perceive accurately. And what are we trying to perceive? What does Paul pray for us to perceive? The very first thing he says is so that we can know 
God better. That's what it says in the NIV, verse 17, that you may know him better. Now, some people discount the need to have the Spirit of God involved in knowing God because the argument goes, well, we have the Scriptures, so we don't need the Holy Spirit to help us to understand. We don't need a spirit of wisdom and revelation to help us understand Scripture. Scripture has it all. It's right there. And, you know, I believe that usually that argument is made by people who rely too much on their minds. Again, we don't shut off our minds. We use our minds to understand God, to understand the world in which we live, to understand each other, and to understand Scripture. But we can't rely on our minds exclusively to understand Scripture. So I love Scripture. I have the utmost respect for the Bible. If it's not in the Bible, I'm not going to believe it. And the Holy Spirit, if we're talking about the Spirit and Scripture, the Holy Spirit is the one who inspired Scripture. And wisdom and revelation from God, current, today, now, right now, wisdom and revelation from God will never contradict Scripture. It might contradict our flawed understanding of Scripture, but it will never contradict Scripture. But here's the thing about the Spirit's engagement with the Word of God. The Spirit inspired Scripture, but the Spirit didn't inspire Scripture and then just bow out of the picture. He didn't just withdraw Himself. The Spirit is still engaged with your spirit when you properly come to the Word of God. God wants to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can, can know Him better. And that means so that you can really perceive what Scripture is trying to teach you. Some of you might have been raised in liturgical churches, more formal churches. And a lot of times in those church services, you will have a prayer of illumination. And that prayer of illumination is a scriptural thing. It's a scriptural understanding that the Holy Spirit is involved in illuminating the scriptures to us. In other words, he inspired them originally when they were written 2,000 plus years ago, but he's also still engaged to illuminate that word to your heart. We need to engage with scripture along with the Holy Spirit. And that'll be a part of really grasping what God wants to show you about himself and about yourself through the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, there are plenty of people who have a high regard for Scripture, but then they approach Scripture as though it's just an owner's manual. And that's not exactly appropriate. It's good to know all that you can about the Bible. And evangelicals today need to know more and more and more about Scripture. But can I just tell you this? Approaching it as an owner's manual is not going to help you to perceive in Scripture what God wants you to perceive. You, you might be able to recite all the books in the Bible, all 66. You can just say which ones they are. And I'm not going to do it for you right now because uh, I might mess up. But, <laughs> but you might be able to do that. You might be able to tell people what kind of wood God told Noah to build the ark out of. That's wonderful. We should know more about Scripture. But more important than just knowing about Scripture is to engage with Scripture alongside the Holy Spirit who inspired it in the first place. Can I also say there are a lot of people who kind of have the opposite problem? 
and that is they don't recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit as they should, and sometimes they get confused about what they think the Holy Spirit is telling them, but they're confused and they miss the mark. Why? Because they don't know Scripture well enough. Because the voice of the Holy Spirit is the voice of Scripture. The voice of Scripture is the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so if you want to learn how the Holy Spirit sounds when He speaks to you, get to know Scripture. Because He inspired it. He's speaking through Scripture, but He's also speaking with your spirit as you engage Scripture alongside Him. We need the Holy Spirit to understand the Bible even today. Think about it. Why would Paul pray for the church to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him better if all we needed to do is bring our minds to Scripture and just learn what Scripture has to say? Why wouldn't Paul have said to the Ephesian church, I pray that you know God better just by reading your Bibles more and more and more and more. I'm sure he wants people to read the Bible more and more and more and more. And we should, but we should do so with an understanding that for us to grasp what God wants us to grasp, we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can know God better. Now, what do we need to know about God? Here's the crazy thing about this passage. Paul just leaves it at that. He doesn't say, you need to know this about God, you need to know that about God. He doesn't tell us what we need to know about God. He makes a reference to our glorious Father here, but he doesn't say, this is what you need to know about God. Of course, all of Scripture reveals to us many things about God. That's one of the great things about studying Scripture. It is theocentric, God is at the center, and every part of Scripture can teach us something about God. But in terms of the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know God better, Paul doesn't tell us what it is about God that we need to know better. You know why I think that is? I think Paul understands that there's something of an adventure as we, in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, as we allow the Holy Spirit to be to us the spirit of wisdom and revelation who would lead us into all truth, who would remind us of what Jesus taught us, who is going to take what is the Father's and what is the Son's and give it to us. There is an adventure in that. And our God is an infinite God. We're finite, and that means there is an infinite more set of knowledge to acquire about God. There's infinitely more about God that we can get to know. And I think that's going to be one of the joys of heaven, that we get to know God more and more and more throughout eternity. And we learn something new about God, and guess what? The next moment, there's going to be another fresh revelation of our glorious God. And right here on this earth, we can get to know God more and more and more. There are more of His attributes to get to know. There are many different names for God. There's one God, but many names for God, especially in the Hebrew scriptures. And just to get to know each one of those names, many actions of God, many activities of God, each one of which teaches us something about God, many laws of God, many poems or songs or psalms about God that can teach us more and more and more about who God is. And so I believe that this is an adventure that we get to know this glorious God whose glory is infinite 
more and more and more and more. Get to know him better. I pray that you have a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know God better and better and better and better every single day of your life. You're not going to want to miss a devotional time or a church service or a worship gathering or a prayer gathering because you're going to know that in every, every single setting, there is more and more and more of God to be revealed to your heart, and that's exciting. That's an exciting way to live. We don't do all those things just because we're supposed to. We do all those things because in them we engage with the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and he's going to be showing us more and more and more about God. So Paul doesn't elaborate here on what it is about God to get to know. Just know Throughout all of Scripture, there's more of God revealed. God wants to show you so much. But He also wants to show you more about yourself. Paul prays in verses 18 and 19. Let's go back and read those. Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. In other words, Paul says more about what we can know about ourselves than what we can know about God, at least in terms of his prayer for the Ephesian church and his prayer for us. What, it is it, what is it that God wants us to know about ourselves, that we need the eyes of our heart enlightened, illuminated by the Holy Spirit, the hope to which you are called, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. That's you, the inheritance of God that God has in you. Do you realize that you are God's glorious inheritance? Jesus died because he wants you as his inheritance for eternity. It's amazing. And then the incomparably great power that God has in store for us who believe. We need to know these things about ourselves. Now, the devil doesn't want you to know those things. The devil wants you to believe lies about God. And if you read further in Ephesians, you find that we're in a spiritual battle against evil forces, including the devil and all of his demons. And he's the father of lies. And he's been lying about God since the Garden of Eden. And he wants to continue lying about God. But the devil also wants to lie about you. The devil doesn't want you to know the hope to which you're called, the glorious inheritance God has in you, and the incomparably great power that God has given you. All these things being given to us in the context of who we are as members of Christ's body, the church, if you read the context here in the letter to the Ephesians. The devil wants to keep you bound by lies. And right now, part of the problem that we have in our country is a lot of people have believed lies about our value based on things like skin color. If we believe the lies of the devil, no wonder we're going to have the strife that we have right now. And we believe lies about other people, and it, it's even possible that we could believe lies about ourselves that I know the devil wants us to believe so that we won't rise up to who God has created us to be in Jesus Christ. I was really heartbroken this past week 
to see on social media a post by one of our church members. I'll still claim her as a member, even though this year she moved to Louisiana, or, you know, in recent years moved to Louisiana. One of our own, her family, her parents are still in our church, very involved, very engaged. And the young lady, Ruth Akintoye, now Ruth Daniel, but I can't say Ruth Daniel because we have another Ruth Daniel in the church and everybody will think I'm talking about the mother of Joanna and Eldad. Little inside talk here. But Ruth Akintoye Daniel posted this about her blackness and about what I believe was a lie of the devil that she was led to believe. Thank God she's overcome that. But we want to show that video right now. Listen to Ruth's words and let them sink into your heart and understand that this is an issue that can touch people right where we are, right in our own church. And we need to be in tune with what the Holy Spirit says. Listen to what Ruth has to say. At birth, I loved myself. At a young age, I was taught to dislike almost everything about me because I was a black person. And believe me, this is no exaggeration. I had to learn to love myself again, to love my blackness. Many of my fellow black brothers and sisters can relate. So if we had to learn to love us, then I'm not surprised if non-black people have to learn. I'm not surprised if you have to learn. So to my brothers and sisters who are not black, have you taken the time to make sure you truly have love for black people? It's easy to know that the George Floyd murder is gruesomely disgusting, that it's inhuman, it's devastatingly wrong, and it's criminal. At the same time, it's easy to be against racism, yet perpetuate racist culture. So please take time to do self-analysis, self-education, and commit to taking action against racism. And don't stop taking action when you see some change. Don't stop taking action ever. A very good question that I saw on Twitter is circulating right now. It was a question posed to white folks and I pose it to all non-black folks. What are you doing to make sure that you're raising children who won't kill mine? Wow. I think it's a shame that Ruth would ever dislike herself because of being black. I, I, I think that the enemy would just love to perpetrate that lie on anybody he possibly could. And unfortunately, sometimes he uses a broken system. The devil uses a broken world system, a fallen world system to perpetuate those lies. And that's why we need to stand against the lies right now. And we need to understand, first of all, who God is and who we are in Him. And I believe if we'll understand who we are, we won't have to try to be something that we're not. We won't have to try to be something and make something of ourselves by putting somebody else down. We'll be who God has called us to be. And He's called us to be His church. 
his church through whom he desires to display his manifold wisdom. God desires to display his manifold wisdom through the powers and principalities, through the church, through brothers and sisters in Christ who love God with all of our heart and mind and soul and strength and who love each other even as we love ourselves. Notice what's not on Paul's list that we ought to know about ourselves. Notice this. Notice what's not on Paul's list. He doesn't pray that the eyes of our heart be enlightened, that we might know how despicable we are, how rotten we are, how we're such great sinners, how we're worms, just worthy of being crushed under somebody's feet. Paul does not pray that we would know that. He prays that we would know the hope to which we're called, God's glorious inheritance in his holy people, and the incomparably great power for us who believe. We are the winners. We are the victors. We are the hope of the world when we stand together knowing God and knowing who we are together. Now, if you have a revelation of God, you're not going to need to know how small you are. Whenever you have a revelation of the greatness and the glory of God, you're going to be very aware of the distinction between yourself and Almighty God. That's why in the Old Testament, Isaiah, when he had a revelation of God, he said, Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and I've seen God. Woe is me. But God said, Hey, I'm cleansing you. I'm making you whole. And the next thing we know, when God says, Who am I going to send to speak a message to my people? Isaiah saying, Here I am. Send me. When Peter is with Jesus at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, and Jesus enables Peter to catch a miraculous catch of fish, and in so doing, reveals who Jesus is. Peter says, away from me, Lord, I'm an evil man. And in the very next verse, Jesus says, Peter, follow me, and I'm going to make something out of your life. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Folks, we don't just need a revelation of our sins and shortcomings. We need a revelation of God. All, all of the distinction will be clear, but we'll also be very, very clear that in spite of who we are, in spite of our sins, in spite of our smallness, in spite of our shortcomings. God loves us and he has a plan for our lives and he wants to work in our lives and he wants to bring us to a place of hope. He wants to bring us into his glory. He wants to release his power through you. May God give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know him better. And as God is enlightening your heart, get to know the greatness to which God has called you. And if we can all do that, and if we can do that together, and if in some ways we can help each other to understand who God has created and called you to be, I believe the strife that we're seeing all around us will begin to diminish. And the church will rise up. God's going to be glorified. And many people will be called to Him. Will you be a part of that? We need the Holy Spirit. We're open. Welcome, Holy Spirit. If you've never received Jesus Christ into your heart, that's how you receive the Spirit. When you say yes to Jesus, you're saying yes to the Spirit. Just pray right now. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I believe you not only died, but you were raised from the dead. Be the Lord of my life. 
Forgive me of all my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live for you. If you prayed that prayer, make sure you get in touch with us. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of the Spirit of God. God has great things that He's going to show you. Make it an adventure. Make every day an exciting discovery of who God is and who He's calling you to be. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Podcast. If this message inspired you, Feel free to share it with your friends, family, and social media. And make sure to subscribe to hear future messages from Victory Church. If you'd like to support the mission of Victory, please visit getvictory.net slash give. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.